Hello everybody and thank you for joining us once again as we continue with Magic May, all eight Harry Potter films. Hello. <laughs> uh, we are about to rock in to the third film, Prisoner of Azkaban. Shall we do it, Tove? I'd like to. Let's do it. We're back. We made it through another film. Three down, five to go. All right, let's rip into it. What'd you think of that one? It, it was better. I like the realistic start where we we push in on the the window of a thirteen year old boy and he's doing something under the covers. <laughs> God knows what, but it's suspect. We all know what. We do all know what. Weird thing about the beginning of the film. Yep. So Harry's uncle's sister comes round. Yeah, Marge. If you're not Harry's cousin's parents, why would you think he's any good at all? But she's as enamoured with him as, as they are. What's her deal? Oh, Dudley. You, the way you worded that was so confusing. I thought you were saying she was enamoured with Harry, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You mean Dudley. Get with the program. Yeah, yeah. And then Harry goes full Willy Wonka on her. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, I know they try- Turns and, her into a blueberry. I know they say that, like, she was that she was found okay. No. Harry killed her. Oh, look, there's no- You, you can't come back from that. Like, wh- what are they going to do? Pop the air out of her? Her, her skin is going to be so stretched. There's no coming back from that. I mean, where, where do her bones go? Did her bones expand? Like, I just don't see there's any way that a body can recover from that kind of treatment. She's dead. That leads, of course, to Harry running away from home. Yeah. Which doesn't last for very long because- the bus of convenience finds him. Which to me, this is the worst sequence in the film. This was one of the only sequences I remembered about this film. This film is, I think, directed much better than the others on the whole, except for this sequence. I think it looks real bad. There's some shots in that sequence which are really cool. There's some cool camera work there, actually. Like when old mate's putting the bus into gear and there's this cool little camera move that follows it. Like this, that was kind of cool. And it's, it's, better visual flair than the first two films have had. But just that sequence is just kind of whatever. It's just real I don't know. I just I don't like the the voodoo head and the weird kind of cheesy music and the I didn't mind speeding up head. of the bus. Like um sticking with public transport, we're then on a train <laughs> where there's this point like Harry's like this he's with his two mates and he's like, there's something I've got to tell you and shuts the door. And starts telling them something presumably quite secretive because he shut the door. But never mind that there's some rando on the chair next to him. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Just another student? No, old mate. Oh, Lupin? Yeah. Just there in the carriage with them. Yeah. Yeah. And not only is it like just some rando, it's a teacher as well. You wouldn't just go sharing secrets in front of teachers. Of course not. Teachers, like we've, we've touched on before that they're- pretty bad at their job. Yes. Haven't they just- The uniform standards are pretty lax. I, I, I couldn't believe it. There's one point in the film where I turn to you and I'm like, wait, so Ron's a hipster now? He's sitting there wearing like a beanie with like the long dangly bits on the side. like, And he's wearing like a flannel. But this is like, what, 2004? Yeah. Hipsters weren't around yet. No, he was- Unless. <laughs> he was OG hipster. Ron the weasel- <laughs> Is the first hipster. So, what we've really established is that all hipsters since then are actually just trying to be the weasel. That's right. Um, 
That's not Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore died, mate. That's a shame. Yeah, he uh, he got replaced. Well, I mean, not. I mean, he he died. Well, he did get replaced. He did get replaced, but it's it's not like they were like out you go out with the old him and the new. It was more like out with the dead and with the living. Sucks for them that Richard Harris died. And of course, if you're starting a series of films that you know is going to take you the better part of a decade to do, and you hire someone who's 160, how many ways was this ever going to go? <laughs> What do, what do you make of new Dumbledore, Dumbledore 2.0? I don't like Gambon's Dumbledore as much. I feel, is is Gambon American? No. He's got a very strange accent, I He feel. does have a very distinctive voice, Michael Yeah, Gambon. he does. It's Yeah, I, I, I did prefer Harris. I do like Gambon's beard, though. Oh, it's rocking. I do aspire to have that one day when I'm older. That would be awesome. Dumbledore is at least partially responsible for installing- the worst security system ever in the Dementors. Yeah, he's it's like, like, come on in, Nazgul. Yeah. So the Nazgul are back, <laughs> and they're there to protect people against a murderer who's on the loose, but be careful of them because they might murder you. He literally pretty much says that. Like, at the first day of school, he calls everyone in the Great Hall. He's like, look, everybody, we've got these new guards. Just a heads up, they're a bit murdery. <laughs> He says he he says something about don't do anything to rub them the wrong way, but from the film it seems like just being near them is rubbing them the wrong way. Yeah, so they're not great as terms of school security. You know, sure, a high high security prison. Sure, it makes sense that they rule Azkaban. Hogwarts, a, a high school? I don't think so. Not a great call. No. <laughs> and he's just totally all right with it. He's like, oh, they won't come onto school grounds, though. <laughs> Pigs ass, they won't. <laughs> they do several times. Ruin a perfectly good game of Quidditch. Which, <laughs> you know what? Gryffindor may have lost a game of Quidditch. That's why, like, when Harry wakes up and he's like, did we win the game? And, like, no one will say anything. Yeah. Because they don't want to even talk about the fact that Gryffindor finally lost. Now, I have, a, I have a question about Quidditch. Now, I would have assumed that- All right, imagine you're watching cricket and more than half of the game takes place outside of the stadium where you can't see it. That's just bad sportsmaning, isn't it? Like, wouldn't there be some kind of enchantment on the snitch that it stays within a certain amount of space of the grounds? I feel like there should be some, like- a radius that it needs to adhere to. Yeah. Like, I thought it was bad enough in the last film when it goes, like, under the the seats and everything. But in this one, it it seems to just travel kilometres from the stadium. Yeah, it's, like, headed towards the stratosphere. Yeah, and that's where he, you know, gets intercepted by the Nazgul. But that just- And it's a cloudy day. The, the, The spectators won't see a thing. It's not like there's a Jumbotron. There are no cameras here. Like- it just doesn't make sense to me in terms of sport. No, you're quite right. I mean, I, I don't know a lot about sport. But but you know that much. I know that much. I know that if I'm going to watch sport, I want to watch the sport. You need to be able to see the sport. I, I, don't, I don't want- When I'm watching a game of baseball, I don't want the pitcher to be three kilometres away. Though that would be a really good throw. That'd be a great throw, actually. Okay, but the, the screenwriters and filmmakers done messed up at some point in this film where- a student is instructed to turn something scary into something not scary, and instead this student turns something scary in a giant in the form of a giant snake into something 
utterly petrifying <laughs> into a demented clown. Yeah. <laughs> what? And it's like- The fuck? Not only is it- Like, it's, it's a real messed up clown. It's like Pennywise 2.0. But even creepier, it's like- I don't know if it's quite a jack-in-the-box- but it has that weird springy neck, yeah. so it keeps like it is. It's a rocking, it is a demented jack in the box. It's like rocking back and forth, like coming really close to their faces. I would shit my pants. Petrifying. That is horrific. I'd much rather a snake. We also get Alan Rickman in drag. We do. Oh, we do too. We do. Which also kind of scary. <laughs> um, speaking of Rickman, I could listen to him say three hundred and ninety-four. All day long. Okay, let me let me help you out here. Three hundred and ninety-four. Was what was that meant to be? <laughs> I was doing Rickman for you. Okay, well, it's a good Potter. thing you told me you were doing that because it was <laughs> certainly not apparent. Severus Snape. What is like <laughs> in your head? Does that sound like him? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Uh, that was one of the greatest opening lines to a scene. Ever. Alan Rickman saying, turn to page 394. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, he's. I feel like we're finally starting to get some Orson Rickman. Like, he, he's always great, but I don't. I didn't feel like he was very memorable in the first two. No, I've been on board with Rickman since the start of this. Yeah? This hurts me to say it. Um, Emma Thompson's hippie professor, mm-hmm. it's a bit much. And that pains me to say. <laughs> She's almost unrecognisable. Unrecognisable in that it wasn't good, which for Emma Thompson is unrecognisable. <laughs> Speaking of the acting, though, the kids have gotten a lot better. Yeah, they're improving. Like, you know, I, th- I think Ron, he's he's getting pretty good. Yeah, he's still in third place. Really? Yeah. He's no, he's no good. <laughs> he's no good. He was much better in this, though. I agree. He was better than in the last film. But look, they're getting better. They're getting much better. I'm I'm curious to see where we go from here because, like I said, we're nearly at the halfway mark. Uh, But, you know, we still got five years worth of growth for these kids. Five five years of acting class. Surely they're going to get better. Intensive acting (laughs) class, I imagine. Well, I would imagine so. Surely they weren't going to school at this point. No, they would have have been being tutored on on set, I suppose. Well, probably not on set. They probably went back to a trailer or something, but- Yeah, the trailer where Radcliffe was pulling all of his tail. Yeah, exactly. Which he's doing none of in the film. He's become- No. He is- He's he's such a third third wheel. wheel. Big time. Poor Harry. It is embarrassing. I mean- I don't think he even knows. They- they, I gotta say, the the relationship stuff is kind of weird here. They try to do this thing where they make Ron and Hermione kind of bicker a little bit, like they don't like each other. But then they swing to them like- canoodling and i don't know there's no real transition there and then harry just tries <laughs> that hilarious scene where something scares hermione is that it and she like jumps into ron's arms and then, <laughs> and then harry, harry just starts slides up. in it's like dude get that hint <laughs> okay so you said that you thought there was a little bit more visual flair in this yeah for sure and like a lot of um Quoron long shots, actually. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Not if, flashy ones, but if you didn't know this was Quoron, would you have would you have guessed it was someone at that level? Yeah, it, it's not like watching the visual style of Children of Men exactly, <laughs> but you really do feel that you're in different hands from the first two films, don't you? You do definitely. This was the lowest rating at the box office. This one, really, which surprises me because this 
in my opinion, is the best book. And so far, I think it's it's a pretty solid film. It's way more comprehensive than the first two. It's not like it, there's much less filler. It really follows a, a narrative and there's some cool stuff in there. It could still be shorter. It could definitely be shorter. It's still over two hours. It's two and a half hours still. And there's still not like much of a plot. Like really, what? how much actually happens in this movie? Not a lot. You know, now that you've said that, that's a really good point. Why, why is it so long? I don't know. I didn't feel like there was much filler, but you're right. The plot itself feels like it could take place in an hour and a half. Yep. That's an interesting thought. Oh, at least we didn't get Dobby. Yeah, there's a plus. <laughs> I do feel like there's some plot holes, though. Why is Hermione given the power to control time? Yeah, and given, and she was given it by Maggie Smith, wasn't she? Yeah, who seems like the reasonable teacher. Maggie Smith is like, no- Harry, you can't come on this field trip because you don't have a signed note from your parents who we know neglect you. That's but the Hermione, thing they choose to care about. Have power over time. <laughs> Go for it, Okay. <laughs> and, and then Dumbledore's even, like, egging her on to use it at the end to, like, change things. Surely that's against the rules. She has it to attend extra classes, not to try change the past. I think we've established there are no rules yeah. at Hogwarts. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> Malfoy's still a dick. Yeah, there's a lot less of him in this film, though. Yeah. And man, his voice broke quick. <laughs> Harry's, um, like, I, I mean, it's great that Harry is willing to stand up to this little prick, but he needs, like, he needs, like, a comeback book or something. Because at the moment, all he's got is... Shut up, Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then just stand there. Like, that's his whole move. He may as well just, like, your face is. <laughs> that would actually be a step in the right direction. Harry, oh, so, like, something, Harry. Yeah, he needs lessons from Hermione, who just straight out punches him in the face. Yeah, well, we don't condone that. Oh, don't we? No, we don't condone violence. Not even from Hermione? Not from Hermione, not from anyone. Okay. Don't hit. <laughs> you don't mustn't hit. hit. Now- for anyone who knows how long all the Harry Potter films go for, you you can't really- I mean, you could watch all eight in a day. We were, I think we were overly optimistic when we thought we could. I never thought we could. So, all the Harry Potter films in a day would take like 19 hours. Yeah. Now, when you add in time on the microphone, really you're looking at like- the better part of 24 hours, which I'm too old. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're way too old. <laughs> so we watched the first three. Yeah, we cheated. It's now 7am in the morning on a day and we're going to do the rest. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's 7am. We've pre-ordered one of those giant meter diameter pizzas. Yeah, uh, that's- Well, I'm sure we won't regret that. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be- We're just going to graze all day, mate. We'll be fed for lunch and dinner. Like, all of our meals are sorted now. Second lunch. <laughs> I just- I don't plan to stop eating, to be honest. Shock me. <laughs> and, I mean, to top it all off, the last two are going to be a drinking game. I'm going to start said. drinking well before that. <laughs> Shall we check out another one of our rules before we hop into Goblet of Fire? Love to. Right, this one comes to us from our good friends Justin and Chrissy over at So I Married a Movie Geek. What's up, guys? It's Justin here from So I Married a Movie Geek for a drinking game rule. We've covered the Harry Potter films also on our podcast, which is very fun. But you guys are obviously doing it right. Drinking alcohol involved with Harry Potter sounds like a great time. So the last two movies, uh, Deathly Hallows 1, Deathly Hallows 2... 
there was two main things that were going on. There was lots of uh, magic stuff, but there was also lots of crying. So we figured a great drinking game rule would be to drink, take a drink, whatever, every time someone cries. Um, so it happens a lot. I hope you guys are okay with that, and I hope your livers are okay with it. In but. Harry Potter, you know, love the films, but those last two, especially the last one, just really touches me in the feels. Thanks for involving us, guys. We appreciate it, and uh, good luck with those films. Thanks a lot. I think if you cry, you have to finish your drink as well, That's what Billy. I was going to say. Does it, in- does it include people in the room, or is it only people in the movies? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do actually remember a lot of crying happening in the because you have, you haven't seen those ones. Nope. I do think there's a lot of crying going on. Shall we crack on with the fourth one? Let's do that. Let's do it. <laughs> All righty. It's uh, quarter to ten, and and we got the fourth movie down, buddy. Sure did. Um, these movies are long, aren't right? they? Just They're really, really long. <laughs> Which. You'd think that in something as long as this, there might be a bit more, you know, plot. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, so I think we're definitely at the point now where it's shifting to become more adult. Would well, you this, agree? This movie has a bit of everything. Well, I feel like this has major tone problems. It swings between being a kid's movie to being American Pie. It start, yeah, it starts off with, like, skulls and horror and stuff. Then we have our American Pie segment where <laughs> kids are just trying to get dates. <laughs> and then we swing back to our default setting of, are these teachers actively trying to kill these kids <laughs> yeah. by putting them in these situations? Well, that's, this, is like, this is like Hogwarts' version of, of, like, a school athletics carnival. Like, can you imagine if, you know, every year for the athletics carnival, they send home the note to your parents and it's like, look, heads up, your kids might die. <laughs> like, actually. Yeah. Our pats dies. <laughs> like, at the very start, like, they're announcing this thing like it's a big fun thing, like, oh, the Goblet of Fire, it's a Triwizard Tournament, and then Dumbledore's like... But you must know, it's very, very dangerous. <laughs> at the, at Anyone the, who enters could die. <laughs> at the end of the film, Dumbledore's like, I've put you in danger, Harry. It's like, yeah, no shit. I must That's ap- all you've done. He said, I must apologize for putting you in danger this year. And it's like, this year? <laughs> That's- that's your resting state is basically trying to kill these kids. And not just Harry, apologize to the entire student body, Dumbledore. Like everyone is on the verge of death at every moment they're at this school. There was that challenge, the underwater challenge, where not only are the people who are competing for the, the tri well, clearly not a tri wizard cup, it's a four wizard cup. But <laughs> yeah. They keep calling it the tri wizard cup, despite <laughs> the fact there's four of them. It's like not only are the are the, are the are the competitors in mortal danger. Now they've just plucked other students out to be yeah. like, also, you might die. Yeah. And you don't even know that's coming. They're just like, you know, in the night, we stole something important from each of the each of the champions, they call them, even though they're, they're not champions. Yeah, they're, just, they're competitors. Yeah, we just drugged these kids. Yeah, we stole something important. And then you find out that it's people they stole. It's like, that's not on. Yeah. <laughs> we do meet um, Ray Fiennes in this one. And- we find out where Lupita Nyong'o got her voice from in Us. <laughs> I am you. Do we find out why he doesn't have a nose? 
<laughs> or is that just to look weird? I think it's just to look weird. I, maybe it's to make him look a bit more snake-like. Okay. I'm more curious as to why he's a fetus at the start of this film. It's creepy as. It's really creepy. And when Wormtail dumps him in that pot, it, it, it's just a really weird-looking scene, just dumping this little fetus Voldemort into this bubbly- It's really strange. <laughs> it is genuinely creepy, actually. Yeah. I thought that at the beginning of this movie, when we have the Quidditch World Cup, which doesn't happen for shit, <laughs> but I thought we were actually going to get a version of Quidditch where the action happens inside the stadium for once. Oh, mate. The Wizards do not do spectator sports well, do they? Now, everything they do winds up either just not happening. Yeah. Or- all the action happens away from everyone watching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first the first of the Triwizard Challenges, the Dragon Challenge, who knows what's happening? They're all just sitting there in the stadium looking at nothing while Harry is chasing this dragon around the school, yep. like, ages away. A dragon that tries to kill you every second unless, of course, you're dangling from something and need 30 yep. seconds to collect yourself, yeah. in which case the dragon will give you the exact amount of time you need to not <laughs> yeah. die. And, and that is arguably- the most spectator-type sport we've seen. Because the second challenge, the entire thing happens under the water, and then the third one is in this giant hedge maze. They just walk into the maze, and the spectators have no idea what's going on. Mm. It's, it's, a- it's almost as interesting as spectators for watch as cricket. Except, Well, yeah, except it's not the greatest thing on earth. Um, no, well- that's the key difference. <laughs> it's weird. Like, the beginning of the film's kind of weird, where they're at the Quidditch World Cup, which doesn't go ahead because everything goes pear-shaped. I don't know. The... the- Cricket, well, the Quidditch World Cup goes ahead. They they watch the game, don't they? I think we just don't see the game. We see the the competitors coming out. But does the whole thing go ahead, or does I think it, it does. Did, did it all just go pear shaped when the Death Munchers turned up? No, no. I think I think it goes ahead. I think the Death Eaters turn up while they're like after the match, don't they? Oh, okay, so that was just stuff that would have been interesting to see that we missed. Yeah, yeah, another yeah, which happens quite often in this film. I got to say, there's they're a like lot of bits where they skip forward. Someone tries to blame Harry for what happened. It's like. There was a giant skull in the sky. Like, it was clearly not Harry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there were people in pointy hats. There was a bunch of evil going on. And We've then someone, someone rolls up and is like, it was you. <laughs> Fuck off. And then we find out that the guy who accused him, his son is like one of the main Death Eaters. God. Oh, yeah. The guy that looks like Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitler looking dude. Uh, Bartimus. Bartimus Crouch? Is it Bartimus? I don't know. I feel like it's Bartimus, but saying that out loud makes me feel really silly. <laughs> Harry and Ron look terrible in this film. Oh, they're It's hair. like they turn up. And this is, I mean, this is a thing with, with actors in films. Sometimes you are in the, you aren't, you know, I'm, clearly I, I know what I'm talking about here. Um, <laughs> you're instructed to just grow your hair out, yeah. turn up, and they and then they give you whatever haircut. It's like they grew the hair out, turned up, and they were like, yeah, spot on. <laughs> yeah. Just go with that. Manky mop you've got there. That's bang on. I mean, in their defense, this movie came out in 2005. And I'm thinking back to my hair in 2005 when I I would have been- I mean, I was slightly older than the characters are meant to be, but I think I'm about the age that the actors were. In 2005, I would have been 17. But they don't have frosted tips. They don't have frosted tips. But see, I had the frosted tips in 2001. All right. By about 2003, 2004, I, I had Ron's hair. Definitely. Like, I, I looked like a numpty. Like, I look back now and I'm like, what are you doing, mate? But yeah, after the frosted tips, I just, I, I went with the, the full Ron. These things are set in a school. And of course, kids are the worst. But when the not try wizard Cup is going on and people have like Potter stinks badges and stuff, it's yeah. like, hang on. Harry Potter is like, if this was Friday Night Lights, 
Harry Potter would be the championship winning quarterback <laughs> by this point. Like, yeah. he's the hero of the school. He was famous before he was even at school. How are you people like, yeah, boo Potter? Yeah. He's clearly the best person there. What is like? Oh, no, mate. You know who the best person there is? Cedric fucking Diggory. Actually, Cedric's pretty great. He's a champion. Like, he is a legit champion. He's attractive as all get out. Like, I'll be the first to say it. Arpats is a good looking dude. And he's he's just a nice dude. Like, he, he's doing all the right things here. He's not he's not wearing a pot of stinks badge. No, he's not. He's clearly the best person in the school. Yeah. So, he gets killed. But, I mean, even the fact, that, like, why is- why is Harry competing in the tournament? Like that one of like someone from the Ministry of Magic comes out and says no one under seventeen can compete. What he really means is, oh, if you're under seventeen, don't don't put your name in the cup. But if your name comes, <laughs> but out, if your name comes out, we'll let you. Yeah, and if for some reason, even though it's a Triwizard tournament, if your if your name just happens to come out fourth, you're legally obliged to compete. <laughs> what? <laughs> So silly. They just jump at the opportunity to put someone in mortal danger again. They're like, oh, yep, that's our MO. I thought Cedric was a pretty good character. Yeah. Not like that creeper of a, the guy who is at least 17. And we know he's at least, he might he could be older than 17. Well, he could be. I mean, he's he's in the national team at the Quidditch World Cup. And which he, I question a student being, you know, the best seeker in the world at the Quidditch World Cup. But It could be like- Gymnasts, they can be awfully good, awfully young. That's true. I mean, maybe it's like college basketball. Yeah, there could be a pro league. Yeah, maybe. But he takes um, he takes Hermione to the dance. Yeah. Now, if you were 17 and asked out a 14-year-old, you'd be rightly given shit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a weird thing to do. Is he only doing that because of the newspaper article that says that she's into him? Is that why he did it? I, know, I think it's just because he's a general it's, creeper. It's really, really weird, the fact that he does that. But, I mean, even that being said, like, how old is Cho? Because Arpats must be 17 and he takes Cho to the ball. Yeah, that's a good point. Is that is that- Maybe Arpats isn't the champion we thought he was. We don't know how old Cho is. Well, that's true. I just assumed she was around Harry's age. She's just turned up in this movie along with a bunch of other people to diversify the class. Yeah, because, weird. like, to begin with, all the class- Everyone attending Hogwarts, it was like white as a clan rally. <laughs> and now, thankfully, they're like, oh, it's possible that more than white people can do magic. Yeah. But it's it's okay. We'll still racial stereotype. Oh. We'll, we'll still have, a, like, a weird Russian stereotype. And, oh, the Irish team? Giant leprechaun in the sky. Be- because Irish. <laughs> because Irish. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't Russian. They were Bulgarian. Oh, but so they, now but they I'm were, the one stereotype. But because they were just like, oh, yeah, whatever, just Eastern Bloc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone looks like Creed 2. Um, so this is our first- Is this the first one directed by David Yates? Yes, it would be. Yeah, and he does the rest. I I thought the direction was getting there. I Like, I feel like this is probably the, the best directed film of the ones we've watched so far. I've got no beef with the- Oh, no, I think I'm, I'm still with- my man Quaron in terms of the actual filmmaking. Oh, but that's but, only because you love Quaron. Well, yeah, because I've, like, got a brain. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, the filmmaking itself in this film, no beef at all. Still, a, like, again, a very good-looking film. Yeah. And I reckon that there would be a vast percentage of people out there, like a certain age group, where the openings of these films, the dun 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 with the Harry Potter kind of logo appearing in the sky- 
there's a subset of people out there where that would be as recognizable and as well known as the Star Wars openings. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Like, I reckon for people probably even my age or younger, probably probably from five years younger than me to, you know, now. You're, yeah, you might be like pretty much the I might be like the, the cutoff. cutoff for Star Wars. And I think people younger than me, this would be more recognisable. But you know what Star Wars has that Harry Potter doesn't? What? A plot. <laughs> uh, sometimes to its detriment. I mean, the prequels get really politics heavy. Hey, that's the best stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be happy if they just got rid of the lightsabers sh- and just spent the whole time talking about term agreements. It should, and- it should not be called Star Wars. It should just be called trade negotiations. <laughs> that should be all it is. Because, um, yeah, honestly, this film only exists to introduce Voldemort. I mean, it's- Like, doesn't it? Am I, like, am I wrong? Okay, so let's try break down the plot. Uh, this, this, at least, I would say- follows a story more than the previous films. The previous really jump around like, now they're playing Quidditch. Now they're doing this. Now they're doing that. Like, it really just follows the school year. This, at least, the whole thing is about the Triwizard Tournament. But that's actually completely incidental. Like, the Triwizard Tournament doesn't actually matter Well, in the end. Except that the whole Triwizard Tournament is a ploy to get Harry to- But here's the thing. So, the the Triwizard Tournament, the whole thing about it is- Done by Mad-Eye Moody to get Harry to touch the cup. But not really him. Well, yeah, not really him. And can I just say, I love that Brendan Gleeson's here because- Yeah. Yay, Brendan Gleeson. Oh, he sticks around, by the way, too. Like, real real Mad-Eye Moody, not fake one. So, the whole thing is engineered by him so that Harry will win, touch the cup, and transport to the graveyard. Am I correct? That sounds right. Why? Like, why couldn't Mad-Eye Moody just make a book- the port key and just hand the book to Harry. Boom, he's in the graveyard. Sure. Like, why Why did he need to get him to- This seemed like a lot this? more work. Yeah, I don't understand. And then, <laughs> like, and then they do, like, at the end of this, there's another. They just go full Bond villain. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, we could just kill Harry. Uh, I don't know, mate. Voldemort did actually try to kill him. He should have already been dead. Uh, like, not, not Wormtongue has already killed Arpats. Yeah, that's true. Well, he killed him pretty quickly. Like, you've got Harry locked up. Kill him. I mean, realistically, yeah. I mean, because Wormtail could have just slit Harry's throat to get blood. They're terrible. Yeah. They're terrible villains. They are pretty rubbish villains. But he did do the killing curse on him. He just just wasn't successful again for the second time. Yeah. Do do you reckon a wizard would- Well, I mean, Wormtail just used a knife. Yeah. I'm sure there would have been a spell to get blood out. They're just crap at their job. They must use knives. Do you reckon they'd ever use a gun? No, I think that'd be a bit beneath them. Bit beneath. Quite not not unlike Obi-Wan in the prequels. <laughs> so uncivilized. <laughs> I mean, I also question just the the rules in general. Like, none of these things seem to have consistent rules. Like, he says he's not allowed to use a broom for the dragon challenge, but he he is allowed to use a broom as long as he doesn't take it in there to begin with. How is that any different? Uh-huh. Like, he can't carry it in there with him, but he can walk in there and say, you know, come here, broom, and it's all good. Uh-huh. None of these things have consistent rules. It's really weird. And I know I'm the Harry Potter fan of it, so I've, I've read all the books multiple times, but in my old age, I've got a terrible memory, and I don't remember. This is all new to me. <laughs> <laughs> i got no idea what's going on. <laughs> Should we crack on? I reckon we should. Shall we hear another rule before we get into it? Let's do that. All right. This one comes to us from our very good friends over at Film Snuff. Great podcast. Let's hear what they have to say. 
Hey, we watched a thing, listeners. This is Keating Thomas from Film Snuff. Billy and Topher, you asked me and my co-host Jim to come up with some Harry Potter drinking game rules. Number one, drink every time there is infighting between the three friends, Harry, Hermione, and Ron. Number two, and this one might give you alcohol poisoning, every time someone casts a spell, take a drink. That always reminds me of bed knobs and broomsticks. But yeah, Harry Potter, very original film. And last but not least, number three, drink every time you guys think Hermione is hot, but won't admit it out loud. Okay, so good luck, guys. Your listeners can find our show at filmsnuff.com, at filmsnuff on all social media, and we're in all the apps. One more thing. When is Beth going to accept my marriage proposal? Okay, good luck, guys. What's these rules? Didn't you ask people for a rule, Billy? (laughs) You don't get three. (laughs) I'll tell you what, he can have two. All right, we won't drink every time someone casts a spell because that's pretty frequent. All right, as so for in, the infighting, as for the infighting, Jesus, there was a lot of that in this movie. Oh, wasn't that was wasn't that was pretty much the plot, really? The weasel was just being a turd, but oh. then that just stopped. And as for the third rule, I mean, I won't have to drink because I, I openly admit that I find Hermione attractive. You shouldn't openly you, admit yeah, it. Yeah, see, you're, you're, sick you're gonna have to drink the whole time because you just won't openly say it. Because I'm not attracted <laughs> to 14 year olds. You creepy prick. Shall we crack on? Oh well we need to you I need some ratings for the last couple of films from you. Oh, right, okay. These were both pretty good films, I got to say. Like, I feel like we're, I feel like we're on an upward trend. I think this is going to certainly be a better day than than Furious Timber. I'm giving the third movie a six, and this one also a six. I'll give the third one a six, largely for the cure on of it. Um, that, that one can have a four. Oh, mate, <laughs> it wasn't very. It's like it's not. It's not terrible, but. I feel like you're in for a rougher day than I am. At least there's only one more movie before we can crack out some drinks. I'm going to start drinking before that. (laughs) 